Hi, this is John Butters, Senior Earnings Analyst at FactSet, and welcome to this week's edition of the FactSet Earnings Insight Podcast. The FactSet Earnings Insight Podcast is based on content published in the FactSet Earnings Insight Report, which provides commentary and analysis on corporate earnings for the S&P 500 and is available each week on the FactSet website at www.factset.com. We'll start this week's podcast with our final preview of the key earnings metrics for the fourth quarter for the S&P 500 as the peak weeks of the Q4 earnings season start this week. Then we'll discuss two topics of the week. First, we'll look at guidance for the fourth quarter. As we've discussed in the past, companies have been more optimistic than normal in their guidance for Q4. But how do the numbers on companies providing positive guidance in the quarter stack up historically? Second, we'll look at the likelihood of the S&P 500 reporting year-over-year earnings growth in the fourth quarter. After three straight quarters of -of year-over-year earnings declines, can the index report growth in the fourth quarter? But first, let's take our final look at how earnings expectations changed during the fourth quarter ahead of the start of the peak weeks of the fourth quarter earnings season for the S&P 500. As we've noted previously, analysts and companies have been more optimistic than normal in their estimate revisions and earnings outlooks for the fourth quarter. As a result, expected earnings for the S&P 500 for the fourth quarter are higher today compared to the start of the quarter. Despite this increase, the index is still expected to report the fourth largest year-over-year decline in earnings over the past 10 years due to the negative impact of COVID-19 on a number of industries. Earnings growth is projected to return in 2021. In terms of estimate revisions, analysts increased earnings estimates in aggregate for the S&P 500 for the fourth quarter. We typically look at the change in the bottom-up EPS estimate for the index to measure EPS estimate revisions by analysts. For a quick recap on the definition of the bottom-up EPS estimate, it reflects an aggregation of the earnings per share estimates for all 500 companies in the index into a single earnings per share estimate for the entire index. The bottom-up EPS estimate for the fourth quarter for the S&P 500 increased by 2.3% from September 30th to December 31st. Now, this is unusual because in a typical quarter, the bottom-up EPS estimate decreases by 4 to 5% during the quarter. In terms of guidance, more S&P 500 companies have issued positive earnings guidance for the fourth quarter than average but we'll discuss EPS guidance in more detail later in the podcast for our first topic of the week. So because of the positive guidance, net upward revisions to estimates, and some early positive surprises, the estimated year-over-year earnings decline for the fourth quarter is smaller now relative to the start of the fourth quarter. As of today, the S&P 500 is expected to report a year-over-year decline in earnings of 6.8%, compared to a year-over-year decline in earnings of 12.7%, back on September 30th. If 6.8% is the actual decline for the quarter, it will mark the fourth largest year-over-year decline in earnings reported by the index since the third quarter of 2009. It will also mark the seventh time in the past eight quarters in which the index has reported a year-over-year decline in earnings. Five sectors are projected to report year-over-year earnings growth, led by the materials and healthcare sectors. Six sectors are projected to report a year-over-year decline in earnings, led by the energy, industrials, and consumer discretionary sectors. Looking at future quarters, analysts project earnings growth to return to 16.8% in the first quarter of 2021. The forward 12-month P-E ratio is 22.4, which is above the 5-year average and above the 10-year average. 
And during the upcoming week, 40 S&P 500 companies, including six Dow 30 components, are scheduled to report results for the fourth quarter. Now, even though the overall number is small, there are a large number of high-profile companies reporting this week. It will be a heavy week for banks and financial services companies, including Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Travelers. Other key companies reporting next week include Netflix, Procter & Gamble, United Health Group, IBM, and Intel. Now let's move on to our first topic of the week, which is earnings guidance for the fourth quarter. When looking at corporate guidance, we typically compare the estimate provided by the company to the mean EPS estimate of the analysts at the time of the company guidance. If the company guidance is above the mean estimate, we classify the guidance as positive. If the company guidance is below the mean estimate, we classify the guidance as negative. At this point in time, 85 S&P 500 companies have issued EPS guidance for the fourth quarter, which is below the five-year average of 102. Of these 85 companies, 29 have issued negative guidance and 56 have issued positive guidance. The number of companies issuing negative guidance is below the five-year average of 68, while the number of companies issuing positive guidance is above the five-year average of 34. If 56 is the final number of S&P 500 companies issuing positive earnings guidance for the quarter, it will mark the highest number of S&P 500 companies issuing positive guidance for a quarter since FactSet began tracking this data in 2006. The current record for the highest number of S&P 500 companies issuing positive earnings guidance for a quarter is 51, which occurred in the first quarter of 2018. Back in that quarter, a large number of companies raised guidance after tax reform was passed late in 2017. What is driving the positive earnings per share guidance for the fourth quarter of 2020? Well, at the sector level, the information technology and industrial sectors have the highest number of companies issuing positive earnings guidance for the quarter. In the information technology sector, 29 companies have issued positive earnings guidance for the fourth quarter, which is well above the five-year average for the sector of 16. If 29 is the final number for the quarter, it will mark the highest number of companies issuing positive earnings guidance for this sector since FactSet began tracking this data in 2006. 11 of these 29 companies are in the semiconductor and semiconductor equipment industry. In the industrial sector, nine companies have issued positive earnings guidance for the quarter, which is well above the five-year average of three. If nine is the final number for the quarter, it will also mark the highest number of companies issuing positive guidance in this sector since FactSet began tracking this data. Despite the record high number of companies in the information technology and industrial sector issuing positive guidance, neither sector has seen a significant change in expected year-over-year -year growth rates or declines since the start of the quarter. The expected earnings growth rate for the information technology sector is 1.8%, which is slightly higher than the estimate of 0.3% back on September 30th. The expected earnings decline for the industrial sector is 35.6% today, which is slightly larger than the estimate of a decline of 34.5% back on September 30th. Now let's move on to our second topic of the week, which is the likelihood of the index reporting a decline in earnings for the fourth quarter. As we've previously noted, the index is expected to report a decline in earnings of 6.8%. But what is the likelihood the index will report an actual decline of 6.8% for the quarter? Well, based on the five-year average improvement in earnings growth during each earnings season due to companies reporting positive surprises, it is likely the index will still report a year-over-year -year decline in earnings for Q4. However, 
If S&P 500 companies repeat their unusually strong earnings performances relative to analyst expectations of the past two quarters and the fourth quarter, the S&P 500 will likely report earnings growth for Q4. When companies in the S&P 500 report actual earnings above estimates during an earnings season, the overall earnings growth rate for the index increases because the higher actual EPS numbers replace the lower estimated EPS numbers in the calculation of the growth rate. For example, if a company is projected to report EPS of $1.05 compared to year-ago EPS of $1, the companies are projected to report earnings growth of 5%. If the company then reports actual EPS of $1.10, which is a $0.05 upside earnings surprise, the actual earnings growth rate for the company for the quarter is now 10%, 5 percentage points above the estimated growth rate. Over the past five years on average, actual earnings reported by S&P 500 companies have exceeded estimated earnings by 6.3%. During the same period, 74% of companies in the S&P 500 have reported actual earnings above the mean estimate on average. As a result, from the end of the quarter through the end of the earnings season, the earnings growth rate is typically increased by 4 percentage points on average due to the number and magnitude of these positive earnings surprises. If this average increase is applied to the estimated earnings decline of 9.2% at the end of the fourth quarter, the actual earnings decline for the quarter would be 5.2%. Again, if the S&P 500 reports a year-over-year decline in earnings in the fourth quarter, it would mark the seventh time in the past eight quarters in which the index has reported a year-over-year decline in earnings. However, during the past two quarters, the second quarter and third quarters of 2020, Actual earnings reported by S&P 500 companies have exceeded estimated earnings by 21.3% on average. During these two quarters, 84% of companies in the S&P 500 on average have reported actual earnings above the mean earnings estimate. As a result, from the end of the quarter through the end of the earnings season, the earnings growth rate during these two quarters has increased by 14 percentage points on average. If this average increase is applied to the estimated earnings decline of 9.2% at the end of the fourth quarter, the actual earnings growth rate for the quarter would be 4.8%. If the S&P 500 reports year-over-year growth in earnings of 4.8%, it would mark the first time the S&P 500 has reported year-over-year earnings growth since the fourth quarter of 2019, and it would mark the highest year-over-year earnings growth reported by the index since the fourth quarter of 2018. Of the 26 S&P 500 companies that have reported actual earnings for Q4 to date, 96% have reported actual EPS above the mean EPS estimate. In aggregate, actual earnings reported by these 26 companies have exceeded estimated earnings by 26.2%. Thus, at this very early stage of the Q4 earnings season, the performance of earnings relative to estimates is trending closer to the numbers of the previous two quarters rather than the five-year average. Since December 31st, the earnings decline for the S&P 500 has improved by 2.4 percentage points already, going from a decline of 9.2% to a decline of 6.8%. This concludes our podcast for this week. Thank you for listening. For more information on the topics discussed today and other market-moving trends, please visit the FactSet website at www.factset.com and check out the full FactSet Earnings Insight Report, our FactSet Insight blog, and our Street Account podcasts. And of course, stay tuned for next week's edition of the Facts at Earnings Insight podcast. Music.